0: I think it's totally time for you to have a beer, if you'd like to go for it. It's Well, hello. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, it's me. It's Jake. I know. What happened? I told you I was coming back. Guess what? Thank you so much to everyone who reported in after my last podcast episode and uh, had words of encouragement. Thank you to Never Growing Up, (laughs) who sent me an email. Brandon. uh, He would like to see Nigel back. I would love to see Nigel. We didn't uh, break up, Nigel and I. Nigel just moved back to Canada, and he's living in a cabin fighting off some kind of onset of winter uh, blues up there. And he doesn't... He's moved into a cabin, ladies and gentlemen, where they don't have... uh Wi-Fi. They don't have internet. He can't get on the internet at the cabin. He's got to go to his parents' house. So that really helps with your mood, I can imagine. But uh, I am in conversation with Nigel, and I do want to get him back on the show. But thank you to everybody else who's had nice things to say. Um, uh, oh, now, I, this is my problem because I haven't really gotten as good with my email as I should. Yes, Richard Green, who reported in and said he would talk to me about the singularity. So Richard and I got together backstage in Seattle where I just was, hey, shout out, thank you, everybody who came out to Seattle, Kirkland, Washington, to Laugh's Comedy Club, and we had a good time, and also the people who came to Squim. And I bet you're wondering, hey, what do I have coming up next? Well, it's. I'm glad that you asked. I think I can tell you... Right now, that I'm coming up, I'm going to be at the Albany Funny Bone October 8th through 10th. I'm going to be in uh, the Bay Area of California October 17th at the Breast Cancer Prevention Concert at the California Shakespeare Theater uh, in Orinda, California October 17th. There's links to that and all these other shows. Zany's coming up in Chicago in November. Um, and uh, I'm going to Milwaukee to the Paps Theater November 27th Hollywood Improv the 28th Portland, Oregon the first part of December I'm going back to Indianapolis and I'm going to be down in Irvine so check out jakethis.com and you can link to those shows and uh, also find out about whatever else you want to find out about me I think is available there I'm at jakethis on Twitter blah, blah, blah anyway, those are the things that I've got coming up thank you for coming thanks Richard Green for coming out to laughs and talking to me backstage about the singularity and other things, and he sent me a nice uh, email afterwards, but I'll get into that in my next episode when I have that conversation with Richard and we talk about the singularity, because this week, what else have I done? Um, there were a couple of other people who messaged in, and I wish that I could see. There's someone someone on Facebook, Places, uh, place as strange as Facebook, but good luck finding all this stuff on your computer while you're talking into your machine trying to do the podcast. Do you think it's not it's not easy being me? But I know it's not easy being you either. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to make this all about me. Uh, I did feel quite a bit better after uh, my last episode, and I had really intended to get on with this episode sooner because it was so much fun to just be talking into this thing by myself. And I put it off so long because I was thinking, God, am I ready? Is Can I do this? I Because I, I don't want to dump some kind of bumation. Out onto the internet. I know you get enough bummation in your life already, don't you? I'm, I don't mean to judge you about how you might be sad, but uh, anyway, I just, nobody needs extra sadness from me. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I get that uh, you've got a full plate on of your life that you've got to eat every day. And so I'm trying to just be uh, something pleasant for you to listen to while you're on your treadmill, or informative, or interesting, or just something that helps you drop off to sleep. Shout out to my friend, Mark, who, uh, who booked me up in Squim, who said he has trouble listening to my podcast at bedtime because uh, you really have to pay attention and he can't fall asleep while he's listening to it. So apologies to all those listeners and a shout out to the listener who said that she likes the episodes with Nigel because they help her go to sleep because they're just such silly nonsense. So different strokes for different stroke folks. We've known that and it sounds naughty, but I don't think that is, I don't think that's meant to be naughty. Um, what have I done? I've, I told you I was going to read this, uh, article about, uh, cryonics, cryogenics, cryonics, uh, which I can get into the difference between those two things in this Mondo 2000 magazine that I have, which I believe is about 20 years old. And if you don't think it's fun to read a 20 year old magazine, you need to go get one and check it out because it is sort of fun, especially to read these articles that are about something that's supposed to be like, we're telling you about something that's going to start happening all the time. And then now you're reading it 20 years later. It's like, no, this is still marginal nut, nutty stuff about freezing people when they're dead. So you can thaw them out in the future. Woody Allen made a movie about it in the seventies called Sleeper, which you might enjoy, but I'll get into that in a minute. So I read this, uh, Cry, cryonics, cryogenics article. I've also, I haven't been wasting my time, ladies and gentlemen. While I've been getting ready to do this next episode, I've been, I've been doing things. I haven't just, in other words, I mean, by wasting my time, I haven't just been sitting around crying and staring at the microphone, wondering what comes next. I've been, I've been reading things. I read the twenty-year-old magazine. I read this book called Manhunt, about the twelve-day chase for Abraham Lincoln's killer, by James L. Swanson. Uh, Because my mother gave it to me And it's a big hardback book And uh, so I was curious about that I also went to the L.A. Podfest And I had a great time at the L.A. Podfest I didn't do my show Because I was just coming back from uh, my Texas Air Force shows Um, But I did uh, have a good time at the L.A. Podfest And my highlight of the time Well, I ran into Jimmy Pardo Who's going to be coming on Doing a guest spot on this podcast When it's not just me talking to you by ourselves on the treadmill or wherever you're sitting, staring at some ducks. Well, I don't know what you do, but I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, so Jimmy Pardo is going to come on the podcast. And also I saw this great uh, podcast, a live performance of the worst idea of all time podcast. And let me tell you, I am hooked on this podcast. Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery, these two New Zealand uh, comedians the worst idea of all time podcast uh, where they watch the first season they watch grown-ups 2 every week and then do a podcast about it and now they're into the second season uh which i watched live the 30th episode where they watch every week they watch uh, sex in the city 2 and talk about it and it's uh it tears them it tears them down and i think it builds them back up again as well so i watched that 30th episode of the second season i enjoyed it so much that uh i went back and i'm i'm about 40 episodes (laughs) into the first season where they're watching grown up soon i've done that all in one week ladies and gentlemen so uh, that has sucked up a lot of my time listening to two other people do a thing to waste their time but i highly recommend that podcast if you're interested in podcasts uh it's they're pretty entertaining dudes and it's a it's a fun show and it was a pleasure to meet well i didn't get to talk to tim Bat, but I did get to meet Guy Montgomery, and I look forward to seeing the two of them when I go down to New Zealand with my wife to visit her family. <laughs> Just, I don't like the way I said wife right then, but uh, you know you can't win them all, wife. Uh, and now I'm home with my wife. My daughter's off at some kind of ast. They call it Astro Camp. I don't know exactly what they're doing. It's not. Uh, it's not a baseball camp. They're not joining the Houston Astros, and they're not. I don't think. They're training for a mission in the space shuttle either, but uh, they're up to some. I, th- I do think they look through a telescope because they're out in the desert where there's less light, and so they did look through a telescope, so that's exciting for them. But so let me tell you, Manhunt, Abraham Lincoln's uh, killer. You, you know, you might—oh, that was I saw Dave Anthony at PodFest, and he did his episode of the PodFest about the guy who shot John Wilkes Booth. Who is the guy who shot Abraham Lincoln? And uh, spoiler alert— I, I assume everybody sort of knows that, but I'd been on a tour of Ford Theater, Ford's Theater in uh, D.C., and uh, and I'd seen the bed that Lincoln died in, in the boarding house across the street, and so I knew a lot of the stuff in this book. But it is very interesting that this guy, John Wills Booth, who shot Abraham Lincoln, was like a star. He was like a star actor heartthrob. It would be like it would be as if Ryan Gosling shot the president. That's that's who shot Abraham Lincoln. It was this big star, and they chase him into the woods, and he's in his suit with his, with his kind of stupid friend, and they're hiding and camping out and trying to get away, and it's hopeless. They're, they're, they don't have modern tools to search for them, so it does take them 12 days to find him, but they do get cornered in a barn, and then um, they wanted to take Booth alive, but uh, the, the guy who shot him, uh, Boston, so, uh, he calls himself Boston. I can't remember his last name. you got to listen to Dave's, Dave Anthony's. Go listen to The Dollop about about that because that's uh, another thing that happened at Podfest that I haven't listened to yet but I'm really excited to listen to um, but yeah so uh, this Manhunt book I cannot recommend it but I can recommend going to Ford Ford's theater you know, when you go to DC and taking that tour and learning about it you can see the Derringer that uh, Booth used to shoot the president it's sort of creepy you know somebody shot the president and we're kind of looking at the museum of that I mean I guess it's obviously a long time ago now, so we've put it behind us, but if there was a museum about uh, the Kennedy assassination and they had the gun, it it might be a little bit spooky. Maybe that exists. Maybe I'm out of my mind. Anyway, uh, Manhunt, I, I read it, and now this book gets to leave my possession. I've read it. And I plan to give it to someone who comes over. The tricky thing with giving books away is you want to give someone a good book, not a book. Oh, it's okay. It's pretty good if you have, you know, a week's worth of spare time that you'd just like to dump into this thing. And then you can hand it to someone else and feel like you got the money's worth out of this manufactured... Good That was made and put on the planet. We're, we're choking the planet by making more and more things. I could have checked this book out of the library. I could have not checked this book out of the library. That's what could have happened. But instead, my mother gave it to me, and I felt obligated to read it. I had a lot of problems, and you'd think a man in his mid-50s would have worked through this, and I would just get the book from my mother. I would say, thank you. Then I would go home and go, do I have time to read this? I'm a man of a certain age. I got a lot of shit I want to do. I got magazines from 20 years ago about cryogenics that I'd like to read. Do I have time to read this book about Lincoln? I didn't even bother to ask myself that question. I just put it on a pile. I kept putting it off and putting it off until finally I got sick of moving this book around. And I read it, ladies and gentlemen. And I need for you to know that. I want you to crank it up. And I want you to get out the anger that you have towards your parents right now. This is not really anger I have towards my parents. And I, it was nice of my mother to give me this book, but I didn't I didn't really need to read it. And now you don't need to read it. You've heard me talk about it. Go listen to The Dollop with Dave Anthony. You're done. You can clock out. I just saved you hours and hours of your life. And I'd just like to take back about, you know, 20 more minutes of it right now, talking to you about some other things that are happening. Oh, my God. I was listening to, speaking of, you know, Abraham Lincoln freed... Uh, the slaves. Well, or or he got that uh, ball rolling. I mean, technically he was president when that happened. And so I'm listening to the radio this morning and they're talking about Great Britain, the prime minister of Great Britain, who we threw out of here so that we could have our own presidents and whatnot. Great Britain, the the prime minister is going, is off to Jamaica on a state visit, and the Jamaicans are saying, "Hey, guess you, you Great Britain, Prime Minister of Great Britain, you owe us some uh, reparations for slavery. We want some payback from that." And so they're in, they're interviewing British people. It's it's to me it's interesting historically what's going on right now because. A lot of people have been looking at the United States wondering, you know, geez, you got this immigration problem. How come you got people sneaking over the border? How come you're not nicer to those people? And Now we're seeing in Europe, you know, people are trying to sneak in there from Syria. And I feel like some of these European countries are a little bit bigger assholes than we are as Americans. And so it makes me proud to be less of an asshole. Than some Europeans sometimes, or be part of a country. I guess I'm not really less of an asshole than some Europeans. I'm probably more of an asshole than most Europeans. But just generally speaking, Americans, the the run of the mill, the average American, the what what we actually are yelling and screaming are kind of angry, terrible things at people less fortunate than us. We we're we're less assholes about that than some of these. European countries. And along those lines, so the prime minister is going to, of Britain, Great Britain, um, is on his way to Jamaica, and the, uh, the Jamaicans want some reparations for slavery, and so they get some average British people like, well, that doesn't seem exactly right to me, you know, we, uh, we uh, what are we going to get, reparations for everything? Are you going back to the pyramids to make the Egyptians pay reparations for enslaving the Jewish people? Or are you going to, what about the uh, Celts who were enslaved by the blah, blah, blah? Are you going to have people? And so that was his first argument, which is right. You're sort of in trouble when you're trying to get out of saying slavery. When you're trying to say, "Hey, slavery should happen,"s get over it. You're 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 in trouble. You can't. You kind of can't do that. But the guy's trying to make the case of like, look, we can't just go back. And iron the blanket of history. It's too big of a mess. We just we just need to kind of rinse it off, let it dry out, and go to sleep underneath it as usual. I don't, I'm not positive about that memo uh, that uh, metaphor. I didn't really work it out completely ahead of time, but I'm but I'm fairly satisfied about the way that that all shook out the blanket of history. Anyway, so uh, the, the, then the British guy, and this sounded like a more of a toffee. That's what they call them, the toff, the toffs. He was a little bit upper crusty cut type of a guy, and his thing was, well, you know, when you look at it, of course, I would never say that um, slavery was good, but when you look at it, on the average, these descendants of the people who were slaves in Jamaica are, uh, in fact, undeniably better off than the des- descendants of the people who were not slaves in Western Africa. So, uh, what you know, we reparations for, uh, for, hey, oh, what? And uh, I sort of, and he was saying, look, you can't, you can't argue that the people who were enslaved were better off, but he was trying to make the point that their descendants were better off than the descendants of the people who were not enslaved. And it was like, hey, good luck, British guy who just tangled himself up in his own tongue. Why don't you just pull out enough of your tongue so that you've got a nice long piece of tongue rope and then tie yourself up in it and then when the end of it swells up and gets hard thump yourself in the head because that is in fact metaphorically what you just did and then nighty night enjoy yourself uh on your long nap under the blanket of history um if i if, if i knew how to play some music right now uh and kind of punch that and separate it let's see if i can oh my god okay this this let's Ooh, waking up from my brief respite under the blanket of theme music. Well, I took a drink of water. I've, I'm, I'm not saying I perfected. I'm not saying perfected. I perfected. I did not perfect, perfect the ability to drink water during the podcast. I haven't. I haven't gotten that all squared away. I don't know why there's not a doorbell. Uh, sound effect here on my podcast loop board but you know i'm just getting used to being able to do this with this particular equipment setup and now i would like to to speak to you about this mondo 2000 article about cryogenics so cryo cryogenics is the general branch of physics and technology that deals with cold temperatures cryonics is specifically using cold temperatures to freeze human beings that have just been declared legally dead for possible repair and retrieval in the future because you can't freeze them before they've been declared legally dead. Um, there's a, there's a legal technicality of uh, murder that you'd kind of run up against if you did that. So you're in fact freezing very recently, ideally very recently dead people. And then that's the trick is you got to you know, to, to know to have your equipment ready right when the person dies so that you're able to, uh, to freeze them is tricky. What kind of equipment do you have and how is it used, you ask? Well, that's covered in this article. On the top is a very large bathtub made of hide. <laughs> it's got to be portable. portable, they can't just be carrying around a big bathtub. And there's a heart and lung resuscitator, a mechanical CPR device, there's an underwater pump and distribution system that they call the SQUID so when they place the person in the bathtub uh, they pull a couple of hundred pounds of ice in and a couple of buckets of water and they start circulating the water and that drops the temperature quickly and then just adding the person to the ice and so they ice you down and then and then they they take your blood out and replace it with some other kind of saline solution for later Uh, they've done that to dogs and resuscitate them they describe they describe that there was a dog uh, gotten up to the point of having a dog washed out completely for five and a half hours cooled down to just above freezing and then warm the dog up to put the blood back in and the dog walked away i don't know how much the dogs do not like that (laughs) please do not try that with your dog at home man these dogs got it it's tough for dogs when people are trying to live forever, well, you don't really live forever. The idea is you're going to get frozen now and then unfrozen, and then they're going to be able to cure whatever it was that killed you. But then still, whatever, like if you get frozen when you're 84 years old, you're you're talking about thawing out an 84-year-old body and trying to get that to go to work. But then the other thing is, well, we can't. Sometimes you can't afford to freeze the whole body because evidently you got to uh, you you got to um, you got to keep that thing cold and preserved for the whole time so what they can do is just freeze your head <laughs> so that's so that's they cut your head off and freeze that and they're assuming that they're going to be able to to a thaw your head out and have it be undamaged non-freezer but I look I don't even like to eat a steak that's been in the freezer for a couple of years um, and I'm maybe I'm not telling you any secrets but I think we've all thawed out a steak that's been in the freezer for a couple. You just forget it's in there, and they're like, "Oh, geez, oh, well, I don't have anything. I don't want to go to the store. I'm going to thaw this steak out and eat it." And it's not, its a little bit dubious. But imagine that's your grandpa, <laughs> your or you're, no, it's not going to be your grandpa because by the time they thaw your head out that you've frozen for cryonics, cryonics—that's what we call it. Yeah, you thawed your head out for cryonics purposes that's going to be your great grandparents or people who don't even really know you or have a sense of you or ever met anyone who was like your grand they remember your grandkid as an old person and now they're going to thaw you out and have a conversation with you the the idea that someone is going to give a shit about your frozen head years down the road is pretty marginal in fact in here they talk about some of the people whose heads have already been frozen. I just want to, I, maybe I should be working my way through this article in order. This is, again, this is an idea that I had last time that I'm just living out. Not just because I said so, but because I, after I said so, I read this article and I did like it. So I'm just reading the things that I've underlined. But they were underlined a week ago. I meant to get to this sooner, and then I got into the Abraham Lincoln thing. I, you know, apologies all around. And if anyone is still listening, you know, on ya. Yeah, you're trying to save the information that makes your brain unique and uh, you want to get a, a non-destructive read of the brain. Well, that would go if we were doing the singularity thing, if we were downloading our brains into the singularity and that's that's for next week when I talk to Richard. Um, oh, so, so you've got to you charge people for this, right? Because you've got you've to charge them to cut their head off and freeze it or, or their whole body and freeze it. And then also you've got to charge them enough money that you can invest the money that they've given you so that you can maintain the freezer works and whatnot. Look, they can't even keep the what what what's a, one of the Starbucks down the street from my house couldn't was not a sustainable business proposition. And that's a star who everybody loves that. Everybody loves that coffee where they don't maybe they don't love it, but. It's a, when a Starbucks shuts down, it's a sign that maybe things are turning in a bad direction. But in this case, they're going to open up some kind of boutique for dog sweaters. That's the way my neighborhood's going. It's going to be dog sweaters or a flower shop for, you know, people's pets. I don't know. Uh, so when a Starbucks closes then you can kind of wonder, like, how long is this business that's just full of frozen people's heads? What part of town do you put that in where, you know, it's always going to be a shitty part of town. So you're not going to have to worry about them wanting to tear down the building and put in a mini mall or a giant high end condo thing. And then you got to then somebody's got to box up these frozen heads and haul them to your other freezer facility out in the middle of nowhere where no one and no one who works for it has ever met any of the people whose heads were frozen. You know the people who who are these people who freeze the heads well first of all the the, the people who are, are getting their heads frozen you got to sign up for this you got to wear a bracelet with a radio tag you got to get your whole family down like hey when I'm about to die don't forget to call the, the head freezing people in Arizona and then they fly in and this guy who's the guy Uh I was a children's librarian for a number of years, but I also got an EMT certificate and have participated in five or six suspensions myself. So a guy who was a children's librarian, that's who's in charge of putting you in the nogahide tub full of ice and freezing you down for the future. So what could possibly go wrong? And what did you just spend your children's inheritance on? Like those people, those people who you actually know may have been able to go to college and get a degree and have a nice life as a lawyer. But no, you took that money and spent it on freezing yourself in this Naugahyde tub so that your brains uh, fro- oh my god so Alcor is the name of this I remember reading a story about this these people actually did they had some they had some thaw downs where some of their frozen heads did thaw out in some later magazines which I meant to google more articles about Alcor but I just let's face it it was more important to me to do this now and get it out to you so that it would be done and I would feel a sense of accomplishment for myself and for you Uh, So I didn't uh, really look up the next. Maybe I'll look. We can have an ongoing. This will be a continuing feature on the thing of what's going on with Alcor now. Although, keep in mind, I'm telling you things about this company that are 20 years old. Uh, Okay, now we're up to the dog work part, which I've already told you about in this article. Uh, People who are Alcor members who are religious I would say not the average Alcor member is religious. The average Alcor member is probably agnostic or atheist and looking upon this as a way to stay alive in this world because they don't feel there's another world after this world. And I don't know if there's another world after this world. Man, I would love to think so. I'd love to think that these poor dummies have got their heads frozen in some can in the desert somewhere while meanwhile everyone they knew is partying at some kind of... uh, happy beach resort. Well, not even to make it an analogy. It's just like a beam. We would just go off in a sunbeam of joy and knowingness and and happiness. And we've learned whatever we learned on earth by limiting ourselves to these tiny bodies who can be sort of Miserable and depressed and physically decrepit and now we're just beams of light who enjoy communing with each other. That's that's what they're not getting because because they've they've frozen their heads. I'd love to believe that that's the case. I doubt it. I I think what's really going to happen when you die is you just, you know, you turn into dirt and then you grow into a tree, but not a tree that remembers who you are. Just a just a tree. Um, But that's sort of a satisfying thought also is, I mean, I'd rather be a tree than a frozen head in a can in the desert while some guys eaten whatever terrible fast food they have in the future and tapping on the thermostat because he's trying to make sure that it hasn't gone wrong. And they're all on skeleton, skeleton w- crew wages because uh, they, something's gone wrong with their investment pool. You know, they didn't get a good hedge fund manager to ma- maintain the frozen head hedge fund. Anyway, um, there's a couple who, Oh, here's Eric Drexler who wrote engines of creation spoke at the Senate subcommittee about cryonics. Al Gore has read Engines of Creation and is very interested in future technologies. Um, so I'm considering checking out Eric Trexler. That was a thing that I think I meant to do before I did this, but as I said, I forgot because I was reading about Abraham Lincoln getting assassinated. Um, how do you think people will adjust to being alive in the future? Yeah, um, well... It won't be so great. You'll come back in a hundred years or two hundred years. No one you know will be around. No one who knew you will be around. Everybody will be into doing something that you don't completely understand. Like I don't get Snapchat. All right, I've been over this at my live shows. I don't get Snapchat. So imagine what's. I mean, I sort. Of, I'm on Snapchat. Please, if you can figure out how to be my friend on Snapchat, I would love to connect with you because I don't. I don't want to be the person from the past who can't understand life in the future, but you project yourself 100 years in the future, everything that's going to go on is going to be completely befuddling to you, and you're going to be talking to some equivalent of whatever the you know teenager is now, who imagine how excited they are going to be to explain how to check your email to, to someone from the 1700s. It's it's not going to be. You're not going to like it. They're not going to like it. It's going to be an all round sort of a bummer of a time. You like to think that you're going to wake up and be some kind of celebrity, but you're really going to be some rich guy from the past. And who who can't who can't wait to have to give a uh, some rich guy a tour of their less fantastic life. I, I just don't think I don't think people who cry. Oh god, cryonically cryonics? They've chronically frozen their head. I don't think they've thought it through. I don't think I don't I don't think it's a recipe for happiness to travel into the future. In fact, time travel, let's let's get straight on that. Whether you're going into the future or the past, you're not gonna understand how things work. Like I said, I barely understand how things work right now, and I am in this day-to-day on a pretty fully participatory basis. Now don't get me wrong, every once in a while. I have a couple of drinks after the show, and I'm not paying complete attention for the rest of that night. But for the most part, I'm I'm in the game and doing the work every day, and I don't understand how everything works. So I just feel like you're getting into this time machine and blasting yourself 200 years in the future. All you're going to have is your head and whatever robot suitcase computer box thing they connect you up to, which good luck enjoying that. Orgasms, you can forget about those. Uh eating what do you need to eat for you're this computer box so you're just you're just a you're just a sad brain in a computer box in the future let's let's not do that why don't we just send our grandkids to college and enjoy our birthdays that's that's what I've got to say for you today. Let's let's send our descendants to college. Well, and I don't even know that I believe in college. Let me just get that off my chest right now. My wife went back to school. My wife, I gotta stop saying wife that way. Um, my wife, who I love, went back to college uh, to get a degree in environmental studies. I gotta have her on the podcast. She's an awesome guest. She knows a lot of things about how the terrible world is going to turn on us because of things that we've done. It's not going to turn on us. The terrible world is trying to be... It's like food poisoning. The terrible world got food poisoning from eating a bunch of people, and it is trying to puke and shit us out of itself so that it can go on and be happy without us. That's, that's my take on it, but I think she might agree with that. Who knows? She's not here. But uh, my wife went back to college, spent a pretty good chunk of what could have been our daughter's college fund our daughter's college fund on my wife's college. My whole point is that college. I'm not sure. You know, it's not like she's rocketed into this great job of the future. She's getting close to a job, and she's she's writing a great blog. You should follow her on Twitter at Belinda Weymouth. It will give her such. She always is loving to tell me how many how many Twitter followers she's up to now and who retweeted her. Follow. Do me a favor. Why don't you follow her? Check out her blog. Do give her some retweets. Follow her on Instagram thumbs up you know that what a thrill that would give my wife but she went back to college and I'm not convinced I think my thing with college is you would be better off just reading the books you can read this this Abraham Lincoln book you don't need to get a degree in history you can just check this book out of the library along with a lot of other books about Abraham Lincoln I and mean, you can become an expert on Abraham Lincoln you don't need some college university to give you some badge or a membership card that you carry in your wallet or thing that you frame and put on your wall in order to know the things that you need to know to be successful in the world. And so the whole idea that people need a college degree to convince someone else that they know what they're talking about is sort of the, that's only true because we keep acting like that's true. Either you know your shit or you don't know your shit, and that's I, most people are on board with that. But we keep going. Well, he's got a degree, so he must know his shit. How long does we? How long does this have to go on before we realize that's not true? There's plenty of people that were able to get a degree who do not know their shit. Thank you. Um, now I'm ranting. I've lost all of my college diploma listeners, possibly at this point. I apologies all around. For hurting your feelings, uh, I don't have a college degree, so maybe I'm just compensating for. I'm trying to. I'm trying to justify the fact that I of my existence in this world for all this time, and the I don't need to. I don't need to explain myself on that level, do I? No. So I hope to see you all soon out at the nightclub. I have not given up. In fact, I'm more excited than ever about the podcast and this. <laughs> weird direction that it's gone. I am trying to get a hold of Nigel, talk about uh, some ideas for things that we can do on the podcast where we don't have to descend into our own personal madness uh, and uh, sadness and just kind of keep it light and do something that we both enjoy and that you might enjoy. So that's on board. I've got uh, my wife is coming up in a future episode. I did mention Jimmy Pardo. Don't get me wrong about that. And don't forget, oh, November 8th, if you're in the Santa Monica area, we've got our benefit, the Smash uh, School Benefit. So I think I don't have that on my website yet, so I got to get a link for that up. But Smash School Benefit, if you go on Eventbrite, you can search and buy tickets for that. It's November 8th. It's going to be a good show. Right now, I've got uh, Ricardo Flanagan um, and uh, Kath, uh, K- Karen Kilgariff. I've been on Her Great Podcast, and Greg Barrett is on board, and I've got a couple more people that I'm talking to. It's going to be a good show, and we'd love to have you there. Don't give up. Don't give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. And uh, just keep keep doing what you're doing and and believe in yourself and try. Keep believing in me. Do me a favor. Could you write a positive review of this on iTunes? That would help me out. Uh, okay, what am I going to do now? I'm going to play some uh this here we go how about this this is the theme song Let's take this. it's not going to be as long before the next episode i please i know it's not i've got that conversation with richard already i'm going to get that out it's coming out soon remember don't freeze your brain spend that money on something that's going to make you happy now